Welcome to NFP's Insights from the Experts podcast. Each episode showcases timely expertise and perspective from members of the NFP community, delivering information, analysis, and solutions that address our clients' most significant challenges. Hello, and welcome to the Benefits Compliance Podcast. My name is Suzanne Spradley, and I'm here with my colleague, Chase Cannon, and we bring to you different topics that relate to employee benefits plans. And today we're going to address a recent IRS memo that relates to a type of wellness program that is being promoted out there to employers by different vendors. And it's certainly, you know, it's it's a pattern that we've seen over um, several years and it, it does bring concerns. So Chase, why don't you give us a high level background initially? Yeah, every few years, it seems we get kind of a different version of of a wave of programs and um, several different vendors promoting a very similar type of program. But basically, to give a high level, these programs are promoted as wellness programs that come along with some employment tax savings, and they all purport to provide employees and, and wellness benefits on a tax advantage basis. Usually, they sound really good to employers, right, because they allow pre-tax payment of premiums for the wellness program. And then the benefits coming out of the program are also claimed to be tax-free. And so if that sounds too good to be true, I think you'd probably be right. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, But that's really the problem with the programs is that they purport these amazing tax benefits that aren't really supported by the actual internal revenue code. And that's the IRC. We'll refer to it as, as the IRC. And that's really where we find uh, where we can get tax advantage items. And so right off the bat, before getting into the details, if you hear of an arrangement that nets a bunch of ta- tax savings and all you have to do is offer some type of wellness program, let your ears and your red flags go up and you're probably hearing a pitch that is too good to be true. Boy, that's, that is so true. And, and mind you that we are always looking for good deals for employees in the employee benefit space. So if it was true, we would be pushing it as well. Um, but if, right now on this one, if it sounds too good to be true, it likely is. And so, Chase, when we think back to the original time that we saw one of these programs, it was probably five or seven years ago. So let's let's go back because I think it helps set the stage yeah. with what that original program was. Yeah. So we'll get to the recent IRS memo in just a sec. It's really helpful to understand the original or, or the, the, the former version of this. Um, but under prior versions, the employer would offer a wellness program to its, its employees And that wellness program was really in addition to any other medical or health plan that the employer was already offering to its employees. But the wellness program would have its own premium. And I'm just going to use an example of $1,000 per month. That sounds like a lot, and it is. um, But that's really the amounts that these programs were asking or showing in their examples of how how this works. So the employee would pay that $1,000 premium pre-tax. Generally, that part of the program is okay. You can Uh, pay health-related premiums pre-tax through what we call a Section 125 or a cafeteria plan. Uh, But in this particular wellness program, after paying that $1,000 premium pre-tax, the employee is then asked to participate in some type of wellness activity. And that could have been as uh, involved as a health risk assessment or completing some type of survey. It could have been just some type of physical exercise like a wind sprint or, or proof of working out during a month. It might have just been sitting on an educational webinar, not even doing anything but listening, something similar to that. In other instances, it was going to have a medical assessment or a doctor's visit, and sometimes those were via telehealth. But basically, you have to just do one health activity in the wellness program, 
And um, as a result of that uh, completion of that item, the wellness program would reimburse, and I'm using air quotes there, reimburse the employee an amount that was very close to that $1,000 premium that the employee paid. So let's say that the reimbursement would be $975. So $25 less than the employee paid, the program would call that a fee for service. Um, so the employee would pay that $1,000 pre-tax for the premium, but they would enroll knowing that they were getting 975 back via the re reimbursement. And this would become a monthly cycle of premium payment and benefit reimbursement. And even with that $25 fee, the net result for the employee is that they would have more in their paycheck at the end of the month. And that's because they didn't pay taxes on the premium payment or the reimbursement. They're essentially cycling around the tax, uh, the taxable event. Um, so it's a pretty good deal considering the employment and income tax savings that goes on there. And that's how the vendors sell these programs. They say these huge tax savings, you think of that for one employee and then you multiply it by the number of employees, that's your tax savings. And that's really what the vendors are, are purporting here. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, the way that you described it, it sounds like the reimbursement is just reimbursement of premium, not reimbursement for a medical cost outlay, which is how you typically think of insurance. So right. um, so really, but delve into what you know what what the problem is here. And, and obviously you've touched on it, but let's unpack it a bit more. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like an awesome deal. And all the employer has to do is set up the program and, and take these deductions and run the reimbursements. The problem is, is that it's not allowed by the IRC. Um, but to help explain, let's go through some basic tax rules. Um, the most basic is this tax rule that says anything that you receive as an employee from your employer is going to be taxable unless there's an exception. And so Usually we think of this as wages, salary, commissions, bonuses. Those are all forms of compensation that are taxable. Taxable, when we say that, that means you have to pay employment and income taxes on the amounts received. So anything I get from my employer should have a taxable event that occurs. And usually that's the withholding of those employment taxes and those income taxes. Uh, so we can just refer to that generally as taxable income. The only exception to that rule, again, is if there's a specific tax code section that says, oh, that's not taxable. We've decided that we're not going to tax that. So we need a specific tax code section that says it's not taxable. And that's what we're really going to address here with these programs. But first, Section 125, that says you can pay premiums for health plan on a pre-tax basis. And so that's a special tax advantage that the IRC is allowing there. They're blessing that. Um, another code section is section 105, and that allows an employer or a plan to reimburse an employee's incurred medical expenses. So think of this in your own life. If you go to the doctor or the dentist and you incur a charge for the visit, let's say you $100 to have your knee scoped or your cavity filled, the employer or plan can either pay for that expense directly to the provider, or you can pay that with your Amex or your debit card, and then the employer or plan can reimburse you with a check or a wire transfer or whatever. However, that payment from the plan or employer, either direct to the provider or to you as a, reverse, as a reimbursement, is not taxable. So I don't pay taxes on it. We call that an exclusion from gross income. Some people just call it non-taxable income. The same thing. The result is I don't have to include it in my taxable income. It's not like wages where I have to pay employment or income taxes on it. There's no withholding on it from the employer like there is for wages or salary. With that in mind, tell us the problem with the prior version of the wellness uh, program that we talked about. 
Yeah, so the problem with the wellness program design was that the reimbursement, remember in our example, that was the $975 reimbursement to the employee for doing some type of wellness activity. That was not really attached to or related to any type of actual incurred medical expense. I didn't actually have to pay something out of pocket to a doctor or a dentist when I participated in that wellness activity. Right? All I would have had to do is attend an educational webinar, fill out this health, health risk assessment, those activities cost me nothing. So I don't have anything that I'm outlaying there. So to reimburse me $975 when my actual out-of-pocket expense was $0, the, the IRS basically says you can't do that on a tax-free basis. You haven't incurred a medical expense. That $975 is taxable because it's not related to an incurred medical expense. Another way we sometimes say this or present it is just to say it's double dipping on a tax benefit. You get the pre-tax premium payment, which is the first dip, and then you're trying to take a second dip with a tax-free reimbursement from the plan. And the problem is that the second dip is not allowed by any section in the code. Usually the employer is trying to fit that in as a section 105 reimbursable medical expense. And that's kind of what we're talking about. If it's a medical expense, 105 says you can reimbursement and it's not taxable. Uh, but some of these prior vendors even latched onto that section 105, calling it a section 105 reimbursement wellness program or a classic 105 reimbursement program. But 105 only allows that tax-free reimbursement if, the, if it's related to actual incurred medical expenses. And these programs just didn't actually include the ability for an employee to incur a medical expense. So if I remember correctly, the IRS didn't take too kindly to this activity. So the promoters of these programs actually ended up in jail, uh, essentially sort of convicted of promoting a tax scam. And that's obviously very problematic. We didn't hear of any employers really getting penalized for these. And we know they were implemented by some employers. Uh, the IRS really focused more on the promoters, but it's never good when you when you sponsor a program and your employees later hear that the promoters of that program are uh, sort of tied up in prison. Uh, right. there's, always, <laughs> there's always a risk for employers when they're offering programs to their employees to make sure that they comply with the tax code. Um, all employers are required to ensure that they are properly withholding taxes on income and employment. So there could have been ramifications for employers in that regard that we just didn't hear about, right? You usually don't hear about in the public about employers having to go back and fix employment tax, but withholding incorrect amounts can result in interest and pay payment to the IRS for penalties. And of course, going back and correcting with the employees can be a massive retroactive headache. So better to just avoid these programs to begin with. Right. I, I certainly wouldn't want to be on the employer side with that either and having to explain that to my employees. But so walk us through the latest iteration of these wellness programs. Yeah. So moving forward a couple of years and we've seen these this newer iteration for about the last year and a half or so. But in the in the new iteration, the employer offered employees fully insured major medical coverage, which provided coverage of preventive services without cost sharing. So Again, nothing out of the ordinary so far, just a regular medical plan. The employer offered employees the option to enroll in coverage under a fixed indemnity health insurance policy, though, that was intended to supplement the employee's other coverage by providing wellness benefits. And again, we see this term wellness being thrown around so often with these. Um, and so that red flag wellness benefit language uh, starts to raise our attention a little bit. And then even more eerily, the employees who elect the fixed indemnity coverage paid a monthly 
$1,200 premium through salary reduction through a Section 125 cafeteria plan. And then the fixed indemnity health insurance policy would provide several types of benefits. And one of those included a payment of $1,000 per month. So again, a, a reimbursement that's close to the 1,200. Now we're at 1,000 for the reimbursement if the employee participated in certain health or wellness activities. And those included use of preventive care, such as a vaccination. So the policy also had in there to trigger this $1,000 payment, attending wellness counseling, nutrition counseling, and telehealth benefits that did not cost anything more to the employee. Um, additionally, the policy provided a benefit for each day that the employee is hospitalized. So that's where this seemed to be that that particular benefit is something that would probably be legitimate under an indemnity policy, right? That's kind of what indemnity policies are. Uh, but the wellness benefits were paid by the insurer to the employer, and then the employer paid the benefits via their payroll system to the employees. So really, if we're looking at it, it's almost the exact same arrangement as before. It's just that the so-called benefit or reimbursement from the wellness program is funded or paid via the indemnity policy rather than a direct reimbursement from the employer. And I think the hope from the vendors or the promoters, whoever came up with this iteration, was that somehow the fact that it's coming through this insured product uh, an indemnity policy makes it more legitimate that there's an actual uh, incurred expense or event and a carry behind it. Somehow that makes it different. Right. Yeah. They, that really is kind of mixing the bad with the good in there and, and making it so confusing that I think it's very hard to follow. Um, right. And we've certainly seen different vendors offering these arrangements. They go by different names, very similar designs. You've really hit on some of the key ones. And so now we have this recent IRS memo. Tell us what that uh, IRS memo touched on. Yeah, so just in, in this last week, the IRS published a memo and basically says this, this also is not allowed. Uh, more specifically, the memo concludes that the wellness payments under this fixed indemnity insurance policy funded by employee salary reductions are includable in the employee's gross income if the employee has no unreimbursed medical expenses related to the payments. And so, again, you're seeing this idea that the employee has not uh, paid anything out of their pocket. There's no cost here. Um, and so that would be true either because the activity that triggers the payments does not cost the employee anything or because the cost of the activity is reimbursed by other coverage. So that was another thing these programs were saying, look, you, sure, you don't have an incurred cost here, but you may have other unreimbursed expenses that you could apply this to. And that is another point that just creates a whole lot of confusion for the employee to understand that concept and then the employer to be able to try and educate employees on that. Um, so the, the, the memo also explains that that 105, section 105 tax exclusion is limited to amounts paid solely to reimburse expenses incurred for medical care and does not apply to amounts that the employee would be entitled to receive regardless of whether expenses for medical care are incurred. Um, and so the memo really confirms that because the wellness payments are not for medical expenses, the payments are treated as wages. In other words, these are taxable. Uh, so another way to say it is, is really the memo confirms that there's no IRC justification to exclude the benefit reimbursement from taxable income. And so any benefit payment coming out of the plan is taxable. Because it's taxable, it really negates any of the tax advantages purported by the program. And so the program has no real value 
to employers and employees because it's just not it's not gaining the tax advantage and savings that it's purporting. Right. So two questions I have for you. One is if someone wanted to look up this memo, how would they do so? And then um, secondly, what is this? Does the memo have the weight of law? Good question, Suzanne. So this can be found in the public domain now. It's uh, it's an Office of Chief Counsel uh, IRS memorandum, and the number is 2023-23006. And um, so you can go search it up if you'd like. And IRS memos do not have the same weight as a regulation or a law, um, but basically this is an internal IRS memo so it was not even a memo to a particular company or taxpayer. It was just one branch of the IRS asking another. Um, but the memo applies only to the specific case and really can't be cited as precedent. All of that makes it sound like this is not important. Uh, so, but what we really wanted to highlight is that the IRS really wouldn't publish an internal memo like this if they weren't trying to send some type of signal on how it feels about the arrangements. So we think this is a pretty strong sign to avoid these types of programs. Again, this is not a new regulation. It's not a new uh, law that's been put in place. It's just a memo that des describes a program directly and really how the IRS would view it if, if an employer were to be challenged on it or a promoter were to be challenged on it. So again, we think it's pretty strong sign to avoid these types of programs. We'd always say that for specific tax advice, employers should always consult with their tax or legal advisor. Same thing here, but this is a pretty significant memo in this space, uh, even without that specific weight of an actual IRS reg or, or law. And, and Chase, I, I think that that carries even more weight given that you came to us from the IRS. <laughs> so so sure. we appreciate your synopsis of this, and it really is an important message to get out to employers as they get hit by these various vendors. Um, but uh, we certainly appreciate everybody joining. And as we like to say on this podcast, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining us. Yeah.